What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have a drink called Rapture. The Rapture. Ooh. This is a this is I've a been, product I've been through Bioshock. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> no, uh, this is actually a beer made by a company called Dry Ground Brewing. They're they're located in Paducah, Kentucky, actually. Mm-hmm. So this ought to be an interesting drink. It says that just reading off the description, it does say that it has notes of toasted marshmallow, molasses, dark chocolate, coffee, and more. Interesting. And it's a 9.4% alcohol, so... Ooh, so it's stout. It's a stout one, full of flavor. Speaking of rapture, (laughs) we were just talking about going back on our uh, topic of ancient scriptures. Oh, yeah. We spoke on this before, but Mm -hmm. um, you were mentioning an interesting character or a being, I guess... Mm -hmm. By the name of Met- Metatron. I'm saying Metatron, that right, Metatron. Yeah. Not, 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 me- not Megatron. Not the Transformer. <laughs> but it's actually like M-A-T... How you spell it? M-A-T... Metatron. Metatron. M-E-T... Oh, I'm sorry. M-E-T-A-T-R-O-N. Metatron. Metatron. And this is supposedly an angel of some sort? Yeah. According so, to... Well, so this goes back to... To again, one of the more fascinating texts in, in the Gnostic Gospels, but it's the Book of Enoch. We've already kind of explained some of the, the right, earlier things right. that happen in the book, but mm-hmm. this is actually something that takes place later on. So, at some point in this, uh, some point in the in the, the sequence of events, Enoch is actually taken to heaven, still alive by God, and it's and it says something along the the lines of and Enoch was carried to heaven in chariots of fire. But anyways, Metatron is an interesting character because Metatron is actually an archangel. And this is correct. And 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 the way that the book presents Metatron to you is as a primordial angel and as the transformation of Enoch after he was assumed into heaven. And so then it gives some quick scripture here and it says and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him which is actually directly from Genesis. It's kind of interesting when you see imagery, mm-hmm. and it's it's this very it's actually kind of a bizarre looking being. He's got multiple wings that come out of him. Some depict him with more of like armor and a helmet on. Some depict him more like human like with long flowing hair. But mm-hmm. but Metatron, I've never heard the term before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of some of the archangels mentioned before. You know, uh, what's some of the more notable ones? Michael, Michael, Gabriel, but. Metatron is not one that's mentioned. I even asked somebody today who's who's very devout and reads a lot of scripture, well versed, yeah. and they said they've never heard that name mentioned before. But it's well, pretty. It's a pretty important, according to these texts, though. It's actually a pretty important being, though, that exists yeah. according to these texts, right? Yeah. Well, well, Metatron is actually mentioned in other various texts as well. Really? It's it's not singularly the Book of Enoch. And that's what's fascinating about these texts. That's that's why it's such a travesty that, that more people aren't aware of them because they introduce a lot of these fascinating characters and these fascinating events that, that, that sometimes... Some missing plot that holes. Sometimes <laughs> keeps, that sometimes right. develops a more continuity. Correct. So... Was he known for actually being in, like any events that pertain to him, like him his yes. involvement in causing something or being involved in some kind of event throughout the stories? Yes, he's, okay. he's in what's called apocalyptic texts, which are exactly how they sound. And I'm going to butcher this when I say it, but in the Apocalypse of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel I believe that's, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Metatron is not identified as Enoch. 
Instead, he's identified as the Archangel Michael, so I guess essentially maybe like a Mm -hmm. manifestation of Michael. Uh, The text also records that Metatron in Gematria... So he's associated with he's um, actually with apocalypse the apocalypse is that correct. what you're saying correct interesting he's act- actually he's referenced quite a bit in the Islamic text if I recall interesting. so you say what's interesting is mm-hmm. y- y- when you say he's mentioned over several texts do you mean like different books or different like what what do you mean when you say that yeah. just different stories well he's just mentioned in different in different passages okay. Through various, so he's mentioned more than one through various right. yeah. texts, yeah, and, and I'm not even talking about some of these texts aren't even related to Christianity, mm. so that's kind of a strange. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a strange. So thing. these are outside like other religions that Correct. that mention this particular character. Correct. Interesting. So that that kind of expands upon that. You know, maybe people haven't heard of him, but then you can also research and see that he's actually very prominent in a lot of different books and different texts and different religions. I guess that's interesting. Metatron. Speaking of uh, existence and where things come from and mm-hmm. all that stuff like that, um, I read an interesting article today, and I know you told me it's actually not new knowledge, but it's the first time I've ever read it, mm-hmm. that there is sort of this theory, or there has been some scientists who have written books or articles on the idea that they believe creatures like uh, octop- octopuses and squids did not actually originate from Earth. And the theory is, when they study those creatures in particular, is they're evolutionary. All life forms on Earth, according to evolution, is that we evolved from, over time, things from space, like, you know, meteorites and things, created, like, bacterias and stuff on the planet, and sort of, in turn, sort of started evolution. Creatures started evolving right. and adapting to be Contained able to... Water to right, and then over time, and you had all these, diff- right, all these different species over started to evolve. Of they started years. to continue to adapt to their environment, so they changed. But um, octopus and squid, or octopi, however you say that. Octopi. Is, is that how um, you would say it? I, I, I'm not sure. So I'm sure I'm butchering that somewhat. Octopus. But. Octopi. Octopi. An, oct- an, an octopus, we'll say one, but whatever, the species of squid and octopus, um, they they don't follow the same evolutionary process that the rest of creatures like. It almost appears as though when they came into existence on Earth, they were kind of already in their full structure as they are now. Mm-hmm. And there's some theories that maybe they were already evolving creatures that maybe came on an asteroid, right? They were already... a like somehow already yeah evolving on some other matter in space and it somehow mm-hmm. crashed into earth and then they started to populate here there's also a theory that maybe they were developed somewhere else by possibly extraterrestrials yeah i don't know it's kind of developed. an interesting theory so you know, what backs it, the theory about them being developed why would they've been developed Like I said, I think the biggest thing is, without me just pulling up that information off the top of my head, I know that it was something to deal with how they evolved. It doesn't match up. It doesn't really line up Mm -hmm. with how everything else on this planet has a background of evolution, you know. Hmm. Interesting. And they're kind of, you know, I guess it it doesn't make, it doesn't seem too outlandish because they're both kind of (laughs) alien-like. They are weird. They They are kind of weird creatures. They're fascinating. But, you know, you think about them. When we think about aliens, they kind of mimic that. They've got these big bulbous heads, you know. Right. 
got tentacles and suction cups, and they, do, they can do clearly larger. Oh no! The other thing that they mention is their intelligence. Apparently, they're they're both very highly intelligent creatures. They can figure things out and solve problems and stuff like that. Have you ever seen like octopus be able to escape a jar? They can literally unscrew it and figure out how to get outside of certain yeah. objects and things. They're yeah. very very intelligent creatures. There's some really cool yeah. YouTube videos on things like that. Right, they're incredibly hard, uh, like obstacles. And they can, like, yeah, and almost like oh, it's crazy. their bodies and do. I mean, they're very, they're very alien-like to say the least. But I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting article. I'd like to read it more on it and see like what the full theory, like how they dissected this down to to come to this conclusion. And of course, the thing they did mention is they said that a lot of these scientists that wrote this particular article or book or whatever mm. were not. They didn't really have a background in zoology. It's a lot of people are saying, well, you can't really, you know, they don't, they don't really study a lot about like animals and things like that quite to the degree like a zoologist would. So can you really trust what they're saying? I don't know. I think it's, I just think it's kind of fascinating to think that maybe there are creatures here that didn't originate from here, right? Well, I mean, kind of reminds you of of like us, right? (laughs) Very much like us. Where the hell did we come from? How the hell do we evolve? But I don't know. I feel like maybe even with humans, you know, evolutionists, you know, believe that they kind of understand how it works. But do we really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, That's the age-old question. It kind of it kind of reminds me. You were telling me. You, I, I I'll admit, and some people may may think I'm crazy for this, but I've actually have not seen the cartoon Rick and Morty. I've never watched any other Rick and Morty show, but you have. And yep. you mentioned there was one particular episode you always go back to because you said the show is really clever and kind of. It's very self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned this one particular episode where they're, like, flying through space. And I, I can't remember what how did, how did it go. Yeah, it's a, it's a grandpa and his grandson. Right. And Rick, Rick and is, Morty. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Right. His grand, so, so Rick is the, is the mad scientist grandpa. Yeah. And his, his grandson's name is, is Morty. Mm-hmm. But he always takes Morty on these crazy adventures with him. And they always Are they kind of like interdimensional? They just go like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's one scene. He has like his own uh, UFO thing that he flies around. Mm-hmm. And these bugs start hitting the UFO's glass window. Yeah. And Morty makes the comment. He says, I didn't know there was bugs in outer space. And then Rick says, do you think we just evolved from nothing? <laughs> So it kind of almost kind of falls in line with what I'm saying. Like, you know, maybe maybe we did come from outside of this planet, right. you know. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, certainly there's all there's obviously very, uh, a lot of people that believe that, you know, a lot of existence came from outside sources. You know, meteorites and things were, were crashing into Earth. And yeah. in turn, they were bringing in bacteria and organisms off of them that could have, you know, I mean, it sounds thrived and evolved, right? Because outer space is fucking scary, man. I mean, we look at the, <laughs> It's scary to us because right. we're so small compared to it. I mean, like, we're, look at, we're nothing. Look at a black hole. Like, what is it? You know, they what said that? that they said that if you took Earth and compared it to the entire universe and all the galaxies and all the planets, it would be like Earth is a is a grain of sand on a beach, on yeah. an entire beach. That's how small we are compared to everything around us. No the way magnitude. we're not alone. No way we're not alone. <laughs> I mean, it's, it would be pretty fascinating if we were the only whether it's intelligent, intelligent life or not. I don't care. It's just there's, a lot of void no to be filled with nothing. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely kind of scary to think like what is out there. You know, maybe we'll find out soon. Certainly, twenty twenty and. <laughs> Yeah, even somewhat this year has been interesting. So How close may, are we to lightsabers? May, <laughs> That's all I give a shit. I'm ready. About. Hey, I actually saw a video of a guy who built sort of like a lightsaber, 
Uh-huh. I say it was that. It was more like this. It it was designed very much. If anybody who follows some of like the Star Wars lore outside of the films and stuff, some of the stuff they probably don't even consider canon anymore. But a lot of the original lightsabers weren't like free form like they are in the movies. The some of the earlier lightsabers they actually had to be powered by like oh, battery yeah. packs or something. Right. Like they was almost like they wore these little battery packs with something attached to it and powered it. Yeah. So this guy almost built something very similar. It was like a backpack he wore and it had a tube that went to this his sheath or, or not in the sheath. What do you call it? Your the hilt. Your hilt. Sorry, mm-hmm. it went, this this tube or it went to his hilt and it shot basically like this certain length flame thing that he could like burn through anything with. So it's kind of like his lightsaber. It was more like a flaming sword, basically. It was kind of neat. So I'm like... And I think it really did like cut through everything. It did. Like it cut through like layers of metal. So I don't know. I don't think things. he could like deflect... I don't think... No. I don't know how that even worked. Deflect bullets, but... <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder if... If if a Jedi came to Earth and we, we you know we don't have laser guns, could their swords deflect bullets? Are there lightsabers to deflect bullets? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I mean, it deflects other light, obviously, another light source. Yeah, but it's energy-based. So does the bullet just melt when it goes through it, or does it continue probably. to go? Because you think, like, even no. if they may, if it went through the sword and it like it disintegrated the bullet, there's still matter that's coming through at a high velocity. <laughs> Would it still, like, just hit you and be damn? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't think so. I can see it being like a horror movie, like a like a Sith Lord comes to Earth, finds Earth, and like starts no, like starts wreaking havoc because like they would be so much more powerful than anything we have, right? They would just be like force shooting people, and we'd be like, stop bringing them down, right? Darth Maul versus the Avengers. They just have like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just some. You know, he's like the he's like from the Predator. He's some you know special <laughs> forces guy. They send out to go find this you know find this uh, extraterrestrial that's causing all this damage, and he has to like fight. Dark. He has to figure out how to how how am I a human being going to be able to fight this thing, <laughs> kill it, right? <laughs> Come on, do it, do it now. <laughs> Take your light sword and put it in me now. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> I've killed extraterrestrials before. I'm not scared. Get it over with now. <laughs> Get to the spaceship now. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be a good, it'd be a good like a that'd be a good like spin-off like horror like Earth is discovered by the Star Wars galaxy somehow. The the Empire finds a new new place to like take. Oh, like they've been uncolonized or whatever. We can use it. The, they have resources. <laughs> No, we just see this big giant Death Star just like coming over a plane, like oh, right, oh. a giant shadow. Hell yeah. yeah. Speaking of extraterrestrials, have you ever heard the story of the Betts Sphere? No. I'm not familiar with this. So I'd heard about it before because, you know, I enjoy all those um, UFO <laughs> shows and mysteries and things like that. So I'd actually heard about it before, but I, I re- an article popped up today that talked about it and it reminded me of it. So the Betts Sphere, what's interesting about it is, so this took place around 1974 and it, it revolves around the Betts family. Mm-hmm. And supposedly they had gone out to investigate like they had a brush fire on their property and they went out to investigate it. And when they did, they found this like, it, it was like a metal sphere. And they said it was about like the size of a bowling ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just this random weird metal sphere. And at first they thought that it was like a left behind cannonball from, I guess like, 
Civil War or sometime. Like, they just thought they found, like, a relic of something because it's so mm-hmm. odd. So they took it into their house, and they kept it for a while, but they started noticing, like, weird things would happen around it. What um, condition was it in when they found it? It, it just it just says it was this perfectly shiny, round, metal sphere. Really? Yeah. And, um... So when they when they took it home and they started keep you know they kept it in their house, but they started noticing that weird things would happen. So like one of the um, one of the Betts family members played guitar and one night or one day they were playing their guitar in the home and the sphere started to re- like react to the sound of it. They said it started like having like throbbing noises were coming out of it. They also said the sphere could like move on its own. Like randomly it would just like roll somewhere or go to like a different spot in the house. <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed like, really weird stuff. So there's a lot of theories, a lot of ancient, you know, alien, uh, hell, no. ufologists. A lot of right. ufologists believe that it's they they believe that it could have been they found some kind of alien technology. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it actually saw like whatever happened to the sphere. It says like the family kept it locked away and only bring it out when special people come around. Maybe it was a hoax. I don't know, but it's certainly interesting. It's got a lot of notoriety. Like it's very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when I was reading that, it kind of reminded me of what you had told me before about Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Yeah. It kind of reminded me when you were telling me about Bob Lazar. Yeah. And he's mentioned before in interviews and a little bit about what he claims is his experience working at Area Fifty One. And there was but, a, there was a particular well, story that was very similar that kind of had context of what I this this. Go ahead. Uh, this, this fear that we're talking about. There's actually some context that relates to Bob Lazar's story as well, right? Yeah. Now he worked. He actually didn't work at Area 51. He worked at an area that was that was in, I think, somewhat close proximity to Area okay. 51. So Bob Lazar worked at a place called S4, and he was he's a physicist. He was a guy that was brought in, I believe he said, under like a government contract to work on some cutting edge stuff. Um, so they bring him into S4, and they, they pretty much brief him and let him know that we're currently in the process of trying to reverse engineer alien technology. So he actually becomes involved in, in this these projects of testing this technology and trying mm-hmm. it out. And at one point, he claims that he worked on a spherical object that was somehow like a, a piece of equipment or a component to the the, the craft so so from. so that's kind of what I remember. So it's very uh-huh. it's very interesting that mm-hmm. you talk about. He specifically states that I worked on this. When you say a spherical object, you mean it was like something within the ship? Doesn't he mention like a sh- they were actually inside of a ship of some sort, right? Or maybe I'm getting well, maybe, I'm, said, maybe I'm saying that no, no. And that's actually another thing he talks about that he that he actually went inside some of the crafts at times. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, but I'm getting off track. So yeah. the spherical object that he was studying, though, what, to like, talk about that a little bit, you were saying. Well, he he claims that in order for these craft to fly, they use some some form of anti-gravitational fuel. Mm-hmm. So that's how, they, that's how they fly. That's how they move around. And he was saying that the sphere actually had this anti-gravitational field emanating from it and the way that he mm. describes it is when he would put his hand close to it 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 was uh he gave the analogy of like putting two trying to push two magnets together and you feel that force uh, you know when you do the same ends yeah right you try to put them together you feel the resistance of the magnetic forces pushing right. against each other he said it was like when you would put your hand close to it it was like having that there was a force there that you couldn't that get that magnetic past. force pushed back he said it was really bizarre. It was really strange. 
What's fascinating about Bob Lazar and what, in my opinion, what gives there's a this it's it's a really deep story. Anybody who's interested in things of this nature, I, I would highly recommend check out. But um, one of the things that I think is is the most fascinating thing about Bob Lazar is is he's a physicist, but he's like he truly is like a man of science. And he'll actually yeah. say that he's not even really interested in the whole aliens and and the fantastical parts of of what being involved in something like this would have had. He said he was just fascinated by the technology. He was intrigued mm-hmm. by it, and that's what's one of the coolest things about it. I'm like, man, that, that to me that gives a lot of credibility <laughs> at the fact that he he's just he wants to know how it works because that's how a physicist thinks. Right? They he's would just be like, like, look, that. I don't care about like that the the whole astro that's thing. Cool that's that's, whatever, that's but... astrology <laughs> stuff like all that. I'm I'm more interested in the the tech. Right? I'm more interested in how does this. Well, you said he was a what? How did they do it? Well, you said he was a physicist. He was a physicist so he's yeah. basically saying, I'm, I'm finding things that are defying what I understand as physics. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to understand claims, that, right. right? He says that that's, this is what happened. Wow. He says, I worked on things that, I worked on things that currently do not fit within our laws of physics. It just doesn't make sense. And he was absolutely fascinated by it. Wow. One of the coolest things I remember him saying, he felt at some point, he had overheard someone say something about obtaining the craft in an archaeological dig. And really? Thought, right. And I thought that put even a bigger twist on the whole thing. So these craft weren't recent; they were potentially ancient. Now, see, Old, I haven't, I haven't ancient. heard, I haven't heard that part of the story. Interesting. Yeah. He said they had about eight crafts. I think is what I think is what the number. Wow. I think it was eight different crafts. Where they found them? Antarctica. Right. <laughs> It got what? It got the Polish team first, and yeah. then it got the yeah. American yeah, that's ba- what it is. base camp. Yeah. <laughs> There's something here. There's something. Pliskin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was uh, that was. Oh, that's the other one. That's that he's Escape in. from New York. That's right. right? Yeah, Escape yeah. from New York. I forgot about that. Call me Snake. <laughs> this is Mister Snake Pliskin. Call me Snake. <laughs> Call I can't remember what his real name is. Pliskin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting because when I was reading the yeah. story about this, this family finding this sphere, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, it's eerily similar or it has some similarity to Bob Lazar's thing. So did they somehow uncover like an alien, fish, those engine right. mail out or whatever it is? And Hell, maybe it was just defective. And, right. Maybe it was just <laughs> they were getting some glimpses of it trying to activate, but it just was damaged or whatever. Like it just wasn't going to get the full. I don't know, man. It's crazy. If you if you fall into you know if you believe that stuff that's certainly very fascinating. Enjoy that. So so I've got to tell you a, a pretty crazy story that I feel like I mean, I've told you before, but but maybe you haven't heard it. So I'll remind you of it. I remind you of the tears, the horrors, the horrors. So I don't know what got me on this the other day, but we were talking about. Oh, I know what it was. I was bringing up the story about the sissies. So anybody <laughs> listen to some of our previous episodes, we actually talked a little bit about that. Right. But um, it, it reminded me of an actual experience I had, not quite to that degree. <laughs> Hold up, before you get ahead of myself, I was like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> no, but it was this—it was kind of this bizarre experience I had. So one time I worked with this guy, and he was actually all right. He was—he was a little bit younger than me, but but <laughs> but I worked with this guy, and he had just started at at you know he just started working with us, and I didn't know him very well. But he was actually friends with a cousin of ours, mm-hmm. and it just so happened that there was a weekend coming up that that this cousin was actually getting married. Oh yeah! And so I had said something about going there, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm going to be there too, or whatever." So we kind of like got talking about, "Yeah man, it's going to be fun," you know. Well, out of nowhere, and like this this super serious face, <laughs> and just totally 
you know, nonchalant. He just say, hey, man, he's like, um, he's like, you know, I, I know you may have never been asked this before, but he was like, um, <laughs> he had a girlfriend at the time. He's actually married to now and has a child by, but at the time it was his <laughs> girlfriend. And he said, I'm not joking. This is what he asked me. He said, would you want to have sex with my girlfriend? We're at this, we're at the wedding. I'm, of course, at first I'm just kind of laughing. Sure. Oh yeah, it's sure. Oh yeah, sign me up. <laughs> and then I realized that like he just didn't like he didn't crack a smile or nothing. He was just kind of looking at me like shaking his head. He's like, like you like you down or like I'm like is like, it are free? You being... No, I asked him. I was like, are, are you being serious? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I mean, like he tried to start showing me pictures of her and stuff. He's like, hey, man, like I mean, she looked, man, she's cute stuff, man. Like, and he's like, you know, you're a pretty good looking guy. You know, I'll be fine. He I'm wasn't like, gonna steer you wrong. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like I'm like this guy. Like he's like, like seriously asking me this. Best wingman in the world, and 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 so you know, I was just kind of stupefied by it. And I was like, so how, like, how does that work? Like, like I'm gonna, like, we're gonna go upstairs, and when I'm done, I'll come down and and give you the nudge, and you go upstairs, and he's like, no, <laughs> like, I, like I'm gonna be in there with you. I'm gonna be partaking. It's <laughs> like ah, I, I I had to turn him down. For one, it was a little. I didn't know him like that, so right. I was like, first of all, this is, this is I don't like. Man, we're not, we're not. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, I couldn't do it. I was like, this is this is very strange. So I had to politely turn him down. And needless to say, it was very awkward when we were actually at the wedding. And, like, I actually, like, met his girlfriend. They were talking to me. And I'm just like, man, like, he oh, was, you like, were so, offered. I was offered. And I was just like, man, this is it's like, it's so strange. I've never had anybody do that before. And then I remembered I have had somebody do something very similar to that before. But it was sort of the opposite effect. This is another true story. I'm sorry, it's, it's, we, we totally changed subjects. We went from aliens to weird perversions, but mm. you know how it is. You know how we are. We're you know, degenerates, yeah. Degenerate fucks, but... <laughs> yeah. No, but anyways, uh, I do remember this other time that a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, actually, he was a guy who, let's just say, was not exactly on the top of a lot of women's list. He didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Uh-huh. He was a nice guy. I liked him, but, you know, girls didn't exactly run to him or anything. <laughs> so I remember one, one time he was like his birthday was coming up and he in all seriousness asked me if for his birthday <laughs> God. This has been several years ago by the way, so it's not anything <laughs> recent, but several years but but I had a girlfriend at the time and he asked me for his birthday if he could have sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> He also offered to pay me to do this. <laughs> oh no! And I, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, and I want you to have a good birthday. But you know what? Find you, find you, go down to the trailer park and find you some old peel head down there. I'll pay for it, and and you can get laid for your my birthday. Treat. I'm like, just my look, treat. man. I'm like, I can't offer. I can't offer my. But no, anyways, but yeah, I don't know, he was like, he was like, this guy was very serious. He was, he was offering me hard cash <laughs> to have, to have sex with my girlfriend at the time for his birthday. Right. That was his gift he wanted for me, was my, I want you to I mean, gift me your girlfriend for the night. Let me bed her for yeah. the night. But Chris, it, I mean, it was his birthday. <laughs> Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. I was like, look, if you're, if you're just really wanting to get laid, I'm like... <laughs> Like we can, like we can go out and find somebody, man. And anyway, we don't, even, we don't even have to pay him. Like you know, just like come on, man, don't be. But I guess he just, you know, I was like, maybe he just feels that closely connected to me that we just, what's what's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. And <laughs> all right, well, Chris, that's a 
That's an interesting story to to go out on. Yeah. It'll haunt you for a couple nights, but <laughs> like it haunts me to this day. I still think about that. Every time his birthday rolls around, I'm like, hmm, I wonder who he's asking today. <laughs> Honestly, I thought about the other guy at my at the cousin's wedding. I was like, I like I wonder if he like he did find somebody that night <laughs> to participate. I mean, maybe he did if he was that, you know, that dedicated to it and that was their thing, you know, Fair we enough. got we gotta get a stranger in there on, on it. <laughs> you know, maybe they picked somebody off that night. Somebody somebody got to go participate. It just wasn't gonna be me. I'm sorry, I just yeah, interesting stories, crazy things, true stories. Can't make it up. Well, I look forward to doing it again next week. All right, man. All right, everybody. Stay true, stay real, stay righteous.